0: From the Brown
1: O'Haver Studios,
0: here's Mike Steele. Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon. You know the drill. On Tuesdays, Parker is over at uh, Brent Vittable's press conference, which is still ongoing right now. He'll be here around uh, 1235 or so today. The White Buffalo will arrive, and we'll have Parker for segment number three. Out of the bullpen again in uh, short relief is the one and only Connor Pasby. And, uh, Connor, how are we doing?
2: Doing good. Uh watched some hoops last night. Oh yeah. Basketball, which was very hard to watch. Oh my gosh.
0: Brutal. Absolutely brutal. You know, the good thing you're thinking about, man, this this football season, if you're a Sooner fan, it has been tough. It's been agonizing. Yes, you know it's uh, you know, growing pains. Brent year one, but man, it has been tough. Sooner fans, they don't deal with losses very well. They're not accustomed to losing. You. So you're thinking, all right, man, that was a winnable game. It's kind of a dagger right in the heart when Baylor uh, does what they do late in the game, and run it right down Oklahoma's throat to uh, seal the deal against the Sooners on Saturday. And then you kind of think, well, you know what? Hey, the basketball season is getting underway uh, Monday night. Maybe that won
2: won womp. Got some new transfers coming in. going to be a lot better. But, man, that was not very pretty last night.
0: Well, here's the deal, by the way. They play Arkansas Pine Bluff at 7 o'clock on Friday on ESPN Plus at the LNC. And Arkansas Pine Bluff took number no. 14 TCU down to the wire last night. Pine Bluff lost by one point to the Frogs, 73-72, so it was uh, it was not good, not good at all. Jenny Baranchek and the Sooner Women beat ORU, so that was a good situation, but Oklahoma had a 14-point lead with 9.45 left in the game. They were outscored 23-8 to the rest of the way. Eight points for Oklahoma in the final nine minutes and 45 seconds. Oklahoma 21 turnovers, just six assists. That is not a good number, not a good ratio. Uh, Sam Houston put up 21 more shots at Oklahoma because of all those turnovers. And they also uh, beat Oklahoma on the offensive glass. So they outshoot the Sooners. 64 total shots for the Bearcats, 43 for Oklahoma. Lamar Wilkerson nailed the three with four seconds left. And that was it. Sooners fall to 0-1. They have Arkansas Pine Bluff coming up again on uh, Friday night. By the way, you know, usually if you see an upset like that, and we're getting right to football, don't worry. But if you see an upset like that... You know, normally you would look at the box score. Some of you, you're like me last night, I'm like, Oklahoma's got this done. They're up 14. I wake up in the morning, OMG, oh, you know, really? You'll see, and you'll look at the box score, like maybe Sam Houston uh, State shoots like 63% exactly. in the field. They shot
2: 32% from the floor and beat Oklahoma in Norman. I mean. Usually, usually upsets are high-scoring games, but they had – I think. Oh, you had two points in the final five minutes. That's just not great down the stretch. It is
0: difficult being a Sooner fan right now, as I tweeted out uh, earlier this morning. Bring on softball, Patty Gasso. I mean, that's a guaranteed, uh, you know, spot in the Women's College World Series, and very likely another Women's College World Series title. Alright, uh, but we are going to talk Sooner football today, and uh, again, Parker will be arriving from Brent's Presser coming up here in a little bit. No uh, decommit that I've seen officially from Colton Vasek yet. We'll get into that a little bit later. Certainly doesn't look like good news for Oklahoma when he scrubbed uh, both Twitter and Instagram of you know his commitment stuff to Oklahoma. That's not a good sign. Uh, the Sooners, though, they have to think about winning football games down the stretch. Every loss you take, wasn't that a Police sting song. Every loss you take means a possible decommitment. Maybe two. Who knows? Uh so if Oklahoma can get to eight and four, get to a bowl game, whether it's Memphis, whether it's Scottsdale, wherever, they need momentum heading into the offseason because they they had some momentum and then they gave it away again in Norman over the weekend. So we'll see what happens. Uh this was an interesting. And Eric Bailey wrote the story, in the Tulsa World did a great job with it. But this is an interesting uh, comment from Ted Roof yesterday when he was asked about, you know, how are you selling recruits not only to people that aren't committed to you, but the, pe- the people and the players, again, all these prospects that are committed to you. And the Sooners are at 21 now, I think, commitment-wise. Uh, they were number 6, again, in the 247 uh, national rankings as of yesterday. I don't think anything's changed today, but – uh, Ted Roof was asked about selling recruits and keeping recruits during a tough stretch.
3: You know, it's certainly something that, that you deal with, you know, because if you don't bring it up, the people you're recruiting against will. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the opportunity here and the, the development for, you know, the totality of the growth and development. I mean, it's a proven commodity. It's not like a what if. Can you guys do it? I mean. No, there's there's years and years and years of evidence saying, both at Oklahoma and with his staff, saying, hey, we can do it, we have done it, and here's, here's how we've done it, and here's who we've done it with. So understanding the, 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 the totality of the, the experience here at the University of Oklahoma uh, and not getting bogged down and... You know, where we are today, that's certainly a factor, and we all want to be better, and uh, we're going to work through this, and we are going to get better. It's not a matter of uh, if, it's just a matter of when, and uh, all of us want it immediately, if not sooner. So, I mean, uh, that part of it, But uh, and recruiting the right type of people that fit here, you know, from a standpoint of uh, toughness, blue-collar. Uh, you know, family, discipline, accountability, all those things that work ethic, all the things that go into being the right fit here. And, uh, you know, we've got a great recruiting class put together and we're going to continue to add to it and we're going to be fine.
0: All right, sounds positive right there, but will it turn out positive if the Sooners hold this class together? Even if Vosick uh, decommits, you're going to have a top-10 class, and it looks like Vosick will decommit. But if you get Peyton Bowen again to flip, uh, you know, uh, go out and win football games. Quit playing on ESPN+. Plus. That might help, you know? Close out some games. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen with Oklahoma down the stretch. That uh, comment from Ted Roof is our ortho-central Clip of the day, Ortho Central Saturday Injury Clinic, very popular, and they've done a lot of good for uh, high school athletes and their injuries. They might suffer on a Friday night with the Saturday Injury Clinic. They're now uh, proud to welcome orthopedic surgeon Joshua Wilson, MD. Dr. Wilson is a specialist in sports medicine. He's currently accepting new patients in Norman and in Newcastle. You can call them up to book an appointment today at 405 360 6760 Four. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. I, th- I thought that was this was an interesting exchange towards the end of the uh, Ted Roof presser. Uh, Eddie Radosovich, uh asked, you know, pretty simple question, but I thought one that was a good one and had an interesting uh, exchange uh, with Ted Roof at the end of his get together with the media yesterday. Here's how it went down. It was basically about why why can't the defense line up properly. How much of the
1: problems as a whole are just not lining up correctly? And
3: how does that happen going into the 10th week of the season? That, well, Do they just not understand what they're being asked well, to do? Here's, here's right, it is a problem, okay? And here's how it happens. Uh, they're human, and they make mistakes, just like all of us make mistakes. And we got to continue to work to eliminate those mistakes, and that's what we're doing. And uh, are we happy with, with where we are? Absolutely not. Uh, but, again, to go back to work and to, to fix it, and that's that's the only way I know how to do it.
1: Is it surprising, though, that you're going into the 10th week of the season and it seems to be a continuous problem all year?
3: Uh, there's different – There's there's. is it surprising? Uh, I, I certainly wish it, it weren't that way. Um, and at the same time, you know, I'm not making excuses for anybody, including myself, because I don't do that. But there's all kinds of the variations from offense to offense in this league. Uh, there's all kinds of different things. So there's new challenges uh, and new opportunities each and every week, to your point. So uh, to be able to, to understand those and get comfortable with those and, uh, and continue to work at it.
0: There you go. Uh, good stuff right there, Ted Roof. And uh, normally you don't put the guy from the other station uh, on, but that was such a good exchange. Plus, Eddie's a good dude. I mean, he and I are Bertman's Place buddies from Augusta, so why not? But, uh, you know, pretty basic. Why why can't you line up? You know, I, I understand you're not going to go into a game and grade A-plus every time, but – to look sometimes like, you know, you're completely disorganized. And, again, I put most of this on the players, but the coaches have to accept, you know, their share of the responsibility there. I mean, I I don't know how that could be a problem right now. I understand, and Ted Roof's talking about, well, you know, different teams have different schemes and they're going to motion here or – you know, give you a different look there. Okay, I get that, but it happens way too much. Yeah, they're, hum- they're human
2: team. and they make mistakes, but it's been happening quite a bit over the last three to four games. It just doesn't make any sense. You, you're you trying to make it not as complicated, but feels like the play, I don't know if the play takes forever to come in, but the guys just can't get lined up before the snap.
0: You know, and uh, sometimes, man, it's just your uh, collective football IQ. You know, on defense, maybe that's a big part of it. Again, I'm not dismissing coaching by any means because coaching plays a role in this. It absolutely does. But there's also a situation like me. I, I could never get past like algebra in math. You know, I could subtract. you know, flashcards when I was early. I was really good at that stuff. Once they started putting letters in math, I was done. Absolutely done. Now, I could write and, you know, every other, uh, you know, stuff that they handed me in school, I was pretty good at when, when I applied myself. But math, it was like it's not happening. It's just not happening. My brain couldn't grasp those concepts. I don't care how much I studied, how many times I looked at it, went to a tutor. It wasn't happening for me. And maybe that's what's going on with some of these guys on defense. So,
2: anyway, uh, who knows? The, all the knowledge just can't stay in their brain.
0: <laughs> well, but, and, and that was part of the, uh, the stuff that we talked about early in the season. Well, you know, maybe this is too complex or whatever. But Brent has dug in his uh, cleats and said, or his coaching shoes, whatever, and said, you know what, if we're going to get this – installed, if we're going to play the kind of defense I want to play, we've got to learn this stuff. You can't all of a sudden decide, you know what, let's go to this defense for two weeks. I saw some of that when John Blake was coaching. You know, all of a sudden, boom, there's a new offense the next week. You know, if you want the quick fix, okay, that might win you another game, maybe. maybe. But if you want to go into the SEC and be playing the kind of defense you want to play, you've got to stick with this. Now look, if it doesn't work next year, and certainly the year after that, doesn't matter. All the talk about culture, all the talk about you know commitment and accountability, well, guess what? There's going to be a new coach in Now, again, I think Brent's going to get it done. I like this coaching staff a lot. I think their pedigree is great. You know, the, the Ted Roof hire, mm, that confused me a little bit. I'm like, okay, well, Ted Roof, all right. Well, okay. Uh, but... Uh, you know, you better start making some progress certainly next year. And the scary thought is, how much better can they be next year? Now, with the portal, things can improve, they definitely can improve. But again, uh, you know, and, and I think Baylor's playing some pretty good football right now, but for Oklahoma to have some of the problems they have, just getting lined up, well, yeah, filling and, and the right gap. It's, it's not know, its not a
2: complicated Baylor offense either. That's the thing.
0: Well, and here's the bottom line. I mean, besides the turnovers, which were obviously huge and Baylor getting the extra possessions, the, the matchup of the game was the Baylor offensive line against the Oklahoma defensive line and the linebackers to an extent and the Baylor Bears offensive line. Won that matchup big time, particularly in the fourth quarter. They just muscled up Oklahoma and said, we're going to run it, you try and stop it. So we're going to win the game of the run right here, and that's exactly what they did. All right, we are underway. It is a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune. Parker will be here in just a little bit. Brent's presser is uh, wrapping up. We'll have some Brent Venables audio for you. Good to have you along with us. It is a Tuesday edition. You know what the Air Comfort Solutions text line is all about, 405 651 thirty-nine. will also go right there when we get back. So get those checks rolling in at 405-651-3439. Taking a break right here Tuesday on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. So I like I see. Ah, we're going back to the old days with uh, Sweets. Oh, a the a the interesting a choice, in the Connor. Oh. I actually prefer uh, Fox on the Run oh, yeah. or uh,
2: Love is Like Oxygen, but that'll work. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Very, very interesting choice.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, our friends at Riverwind Casino have some great promotions for November. The electric earnings promotion is underway right now through uh, November 26th. Uh, Patrons who earn 500 points on their Riverwind wild card are going to be eligible to receive a pair of JBL wireless earbuds. Again, get out there, get 500 points. 500 points on your Riverwind wild card. It's not that difficult to do. You'll have until November 26th, and you can win a pair of JBL wireless earbuds. Don't forget about Beats and Bites Bedlam Edition. It will probably be better than the football game. Bedlam Beats and Bites happening Friday, November 18th, featuring the Eli Young Band and uh, the opening act Wade Bowen. Pretty good, right there. Pretty good. Outdoors with all those great food trucks. Bring the kids. Bring the folding chairs. Bring your appetite. Uh, it's a kid-friendly environment. Tickets are five bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Bedlam Beats and Bites. Normally, this is a uh, you know summer activity. We've had some great bands out there: Night Ranger, Starship. Uh, Everclear, Hall of Famers, cheap trick, a bunch of really good ones. And now we have a battle on Beats and Bites Friday night, November 18th, under the November sky. Uh, you'll be able to see Eli Young and Wade Bowen again. What a great ticket price. Only 5 bucks again, at Riverwind.com and at the box office. All right. Also, thanks to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They'll do great work for you. You need uh, to get that heating unit checked before it really gets cold. It's starting to get there already. Gives him Lasher and his company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, a call, 405-579-3113. Let's hear from Brent Venables at his presser. We'll have a lot more audio as the day moves along. I know Tyler is uh, in the studio cutting up a lot of uh, Brent clips. Right now, let's hear what uh, Brent had to say, first of all, about looking to finish strong over the last three games.
4: Looking at uh, you know the opportunities that are sitting in front of us right now to finish the year, that we, how we want to finish it. We we still got a great opportunity, you know. This week, uh, going to to Morgantown to uh, to again not not dwell on uh, you know the things that we didn't do well last week, but really to 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 look at the opportunity, you know, uh, as a as an opportunity of its own this week to try to create some momentum momentum to finish the season the right way, uh, in a positive way, and uh, get to a bowl game and. continue to create momentum for the out-of-season as well.
0: All right, West Virginia again, a a game that Oklahoma's an eight-point favorite. Neil Brown's fighting for his job. Now, I know Baylor is uh, more injured and uh, not as healthy as they were when they came to Norman over the weekend. But, uh, again, that West Virginia team did beat Baylor in Morgantown. So, you just don't automatically show up there, you know and win the game you got to go up there and play well and we'll see if the Sooners can get that done but Brent said uh, also today that he believes the squad is keeping a positive
4: attitude our guys came back yesterday we had a great perspective I think the perspective you know I think the perspective is what it's all about and and, and being able to uh, because I think it drives you know, your perspective it always drives your performance and so uh, if you got a uh if you got a, a bad perspective, you're going to have a bad performance moving forward. So I think having the right perspective uh, right now is more important, uh, as important as it's been all year, uh, so that, again, we can, um, again, realize uh, the potential uh, of our team and, and, again, continue to improve and, and have the kind of finish, you know, that, that, uh, that we want. Yeah, it's
0: going to be interesting. Again, I think the Sooners go there and they they play a solid football game. They'll win. They should be able to win. But, again, you can't have three turnovers, and and you've got to make some plays when the game's on the line. The Sooners haven't done that enough. Uh, they were close. They had their opportunities against Baylor, but couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't shut the door. And, on the this is
2: a, and it's a West Virginia team that just gave up 31 points to Iowa State. We saw how bad Iowa State's and offense couldn't really is.
0: couldn't no. really stop the run either. And Iowa State's run game is not good, and that offense isn't very good at all. But uh, yeah, that was a a game that went into the fourth quarter, and Iowa State made the plays and took down West Virginia. So. All right, uh, let's head to the Air Comfort Solutions text line on this Tuesday, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. From the 918, I want Ted Roof to follow me around and narrate my life.
2: There, He's got a voice. He's got a great voice. We talked about the voiceovers he should have here at the ref multiple times.
0: Yeah, he's got, you know. He's got a future
2: there if he wants to go that direction.
0: Sooner Gary says Danny Stutzman was on the podcast on the Prairie, uh, episode 52 after Iowa State, and he stated that B.B. chose him for being a step out of his initial alignment. And uh, Danny was paraphrasing here like, bro, it's only a step. It's not that deep. Not a good look. Obviously, that step is crucial or B.B. wouldn't be so fired up about it. It's the difference in leverage, making a stop in short yardage, and poses a bigger question. How many others on the defense have the same mindset? Well, and the deal is, you know, Brent Venables very much, whether or not he's going to be a successful head coach, is very much in doubt right now. Like I said, some guys are great coordinators, and maybe they don't take that next step and become a great head coach. I still have faith. I still have faith that brent's going to get this done right now it doesn't look real pretty there is no doubt about it but i think you would listen to a guy again who's won three national championships and has been known as the best defensive coordinator in college football now they're doing something right at georgia right now too kirby smart you know made that transition did he not but uh again i would think that this is uh you know, something that those guys, you know, he's, he's got some credibility and some pedigree on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, if you
2: if you have the greatest defensive mind in college football and tune you out, you just sit there and take it and make sure you get the job done. You don't question what Brent Venables has to say.
0: Well, and, you know, it's uh, it's just amazing to me that sometimes, you know, they don't set the edge. Basic stuff, really. Yeah, little things. You know, where they don't set the edge on a play, and it's, you know, earlier, I think the defensive backfield's playing a little bit better right now. Think about how bad it was against TCU, and I know TCU has some great receivers. Quentin Johnston is a guy who's going to be making plays on Sundays. But you know, you think about Oklahoma's best corner, Woody Washington still trying to run with those guys, not looking back for the football, just tackling receivers. So I think they've made a lot of progress. They don't have enough dudes on the defensive line right now. I don't know if Ethan Downs playing in this alignment. And again, I still think uh, that Ethan Downs is a talented football player. But I maybe mean, he's one of those guys you just align him and say, go get the quarterback, you know. But uh clearly when they, you, you had- haven't been able to pull off all the things that they would like him to do on defense, they haven't they haven't come close. Yeah, and you yet. had Perry
2: on Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas last year. You just don't have those guys this year. Jalen Redman's a nice guy to have on the defensive line, but yeah, like you said, they just don't have the dudes up front, and they just keep getting pushed back. And it shows the toughness and physicality up front, and that's what Baylor did to You just pushed them back and just said, "Hey, we're just gonna run it right down your throat."
0: All right, the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, 405-651-3439. The simple fact that Baylor went for it on fourth and one from their own 29-yard line speaks volumes for how bad the Oklahoma defense is. This is Oklahoma. We should never have the worst defense in the league. Roof needs to be checked for a pulse. He has no life. He needs to go. Fire Roof now. Well, I will say the part of that that I agree with, yes, the opening sentence, yeah, absolutely. This is Oklahoma. We should never have the worst defense in the league. I agree with that. Ted Roof, I don't know. That's going to be a Brent decision. We'll see what happens. Uh, Somebody, you know, if they lose a couple more games down the stretch, there's going to be a scapegoat. There's going to be a little bit of fallout, I would expect. But uh, we'll see. But it's a mystery to me. Again, I think we know a little bit about what was going on with Lincoln Riley. Uh, Mule Shoe, because they were focused on getting the offensive stars. They were going to outscore you. Not that they completely ignored, de- ignored defense, but they didn't give it the same priority obviously this staff is is trying to do in recruiting. So, you know, that that comes back, right? That, that comes back at you. But uh, to me, it's just a mystery that Oklahoma should be great on both sides of the football yeah. or at least really good on both sides of the football. Well, it
2: it, it does say a lot going for it on fourth and one on your own twenty nine yard line, trusting your offensive line to get one yard instead of punting it back to OU. They just they just gotta be better they just gotta be better up front.
0: Yeah, and uh, Dave Rand is a big analytics guy, man. He looks at that, and, and you know, you see the, trend, the way that game was trending. They were pushing Oklahoma's defensive line around most of the day, and particularly later in the game, they were really, you know, uh, it was a strong flex by that Baylor offensive line. And, again, that's a veteran offensive line that, uh, you know, is as healthy as they've been, and they obviously uh, felt like, yeah, we got this, and they did. And people were like, man, it was only a three-point game. Keep in mind that Baylor, you know – squirrel took a squirrel williams pulled a some p rind there also late in the game. oh yeah he could right? yeah he could have easily mean,
2: ran that in no doubt about it
0: okay uh let's take a break right here air comfort solutions uh text line as usual is blowing up ladies and gentlemen 405-651-3439 that's 405-651-3439 mike steely along with connor pasby parker will be uh, hitting the airwaves with us probably here in the next five or ten minutes. And so we'll take a timeout right here, coming back to more of your texts right here on the Home of Sooner fans, the ref. Yes, Parker Thune has arrived via uh, police escort. The uh, White Buffalo gets priority coming back from Brent's press conference. I, I did uh, hear that Brent said, anybody got any questions about West Virginia? Yeah, I don't think he got a single West Virginia question. Nobody asked about West Virginia. The media is lo- overlooking the Mountaineers. <laughs> uh, that's, that's rap poison right there. Maybe, maybe. All right. Uh, anything stand out to you from what Brent had to say?
1: Yeah, I uh again, you could tell you could tell that Brent's starting to not not, not lose his patience a little bit because of the fact that they're losing, but he's starting to get a little frustrated at this point. Has
0: year. he singled out a media enemy? You he know, for not- Bob Stoops it used to be John Hoover. Yes. And I thought, stupid question then, stupid question now, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Or go ahead and Google it up. Uh, So Brent doesn't have a mortal media enemy yet. I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. You can tell, like, he's starting to get a little bit more direct and a little bit more uppity with how he answers some of these questions. Like, it used to be when Brent was new on the job, when he'd get a dumb question, what he would do is he, you know, he was very, he was still kind of stars in his eyes about being a head coach, and uh, he'd take that question and he'd rattle off a four or five minute answer. Yeah, and he'd turn he'd turn nothing into something. He's not really doing that anymore.
0: I know. I I just played uh, two Brent clips that were like thirty five seconds apiece, You know, and uh, which I kind of like that actually, but um, you know that's the pressure cooker that is Oklahoma man. That, that's it, man, when you're in a program like Oklahoma and, you know, you're, like I said, you, you've already lost four football games. You're five and four. You're an above-average football team. People are going to be upset. You're going to have to answer some questions. That's why Brent is making the big bucks.
1: So uh, do you have an example of the dumb question of the day? No, I don't think any of the questions today were dumb. Maybe dumb was the wrong word. A question that Brent sees as not worth his time Mm -hmm. not worth an answer not worth elaborating on so there's that um by the way i I walked in and connor was like yeah the text line's popping off about ted roof again
0: well one guy wanted ted roof to narrate his life story walk around and narrate his life story but two or three people have said uh roof needs to go so he's he is currently he the be, num- number one scapegoat again right now. May-
1: maybe he can be reassigned and become the team documentarian. Like do he, the, can, be uh, the, he uh, can be
0: the voiceover guy in the, uh, the game video? Yes, he can be
1: the, uh, the David Attenborough <laughs> of OU football. <laughs> David
0: Attenborough. Now there is a reach. Is he going to be uh, narrating nature
1: films then? Something well, like that? Yeah, uh, well, oh, he's going to be narrating OU football films. Yeah.
0: Well, all right. What OU football, if it was an animal in nature right now, what would it be? That's, a, that's the question.
1: Oh, boy. What, uh, what animal is quite spry and predatory but as, soft. A youth, but as a Yes, I'm, I'm trying to think. What would be a fitting animal analogy for OU football? Yeah, These are going to come in now on the tax line. If OU football is an animal, <laughs> what animal is it? Let us know on the Air Comfort Solutions text line all right uh so what did you think
0: we played uh, while you were still over there you may have been uh en route back to the station but we played ted roof's answer to you know what you're doing right now selling recruits during this tough stretch uh a sloth was our first answer i almost said a sloth too
1: a sloth mm-hmm. uh, panda panda's a good one <laughs> yeah so you football is a panda technically a bear not a very fearsome one. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, what did you think, though? You you heard the answer to that question, and he said, "Well, you got to address it because other people are going to address it." Yeah. And you know the Texas staff, the A and M staff. Do you <laughs> you want to stay at Oklahoma? Have you seen that mess? Can't even get lined up right on defense. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a mess there. And you know what? You don't want to be a part of that. And now, I don't know if there's negative recruiting that goes on. I don't know if it would be, you know, to that extent. Maybe it would be. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of people, and you can uh, refute this if you want, but I saw a lot of people last night and some this morning. It's going to be Vasek, Anthony Hill, and DJ Hicks all to Texas. Now,
1: to be fair, I think the first two are going to Texas. Yeah, right. Sense. We talked about that yesterday. DJ but Hicks, now they throw DJ yeah. Hicks there. In that nah, it's just like, trio. okay, well, the uh it's almost like the house is burning, we might as well torch the entire neighborhood. It feels very alarmist.
0: Ooh, here's a good one. Read that one at the top. That's probably it right there.
1: Possum looks scary but plays dead when threatened. <laughs> well Is that the OU the defense? That's definitely the OU defense. Because they played dead on that last drive. There's no doubt. So I think we have a winner already. That's pretty good. Uh, Okay, this is an interesting question. This listener in the 918 says, Parker, do you know what recruit Brent was talking about being undersized but really physical? So Brent said at one point in his press conference, and obviously you can't get too specific when you're talking about recruits, but he said, look, there's a kid I'm recruiting right now who isn't super large in stature, but he runs to the fire. He plays very physical. Now – no, my first thought was that's Peyton Bowen that he's talking about. I don't know that for a fact, but if you want to talk about a guy that is undersized but does not play undersized, that is Peyton Bowen. How big is Peyton Bowen? He's not much more than 5'11, maybe six foot on a good day. So.
0: But I was thinking Buki or something like all of a sudden, but you're talking about he's kind of thin, maybe. uh at this point, maybe what is he? 170, 180, maybe. Tops? Yeah, I mean,
1: like he's he's not a big dude. Yeah. And his brother's even smaller. Eli's only five foot nine. And so those two guys are very much cut from the same cloth. Right? They're not super physically imposing. You're not talking about a Justin Harrington mm-hmm. in either one of their cases. But they're just football players, man. And they are fearsome. And they are fearless.
0: Peyton Bowen, man, would be a get. There is no doubt. All right, scroll down a little bit. There was one that was talking about the OU uh, Bigfoots. Um, No, the OUD is like Sasquatch. We've seen it before for everyone to believe in it, but we can't prove it exists now. (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) that's also a very apt comparison. I'm
0: I'm seeing Brian Bosworth walking in that grainy video, you know for like 10 seconds
1: one listener said lewis carter is who he was talking about i guess that could be true as well mm-hmm. but I, he's i don't know i feel like brent venables would have he wouldn't have said he wouldn't have referred to him as a guy i'm recruiting right now he would have referred to him as a guy we have committed right now
0: hmm. maybe but somebody said the question was about defensive line size I don't know. I know. And I know you're trying to get your, you know, camera, all that going on and while well, that's going on. so Yeah, but
1: I don't think just because it was a question about the defensive line doesn't mean it couldn't be applicable to other positions because sure. the way Brent kind of interpreted the question, right, you can take a question and you can kind of redirect it and add your own flair to it. And I think Brent was just talking about more of a general principle across his defensive unit as a whole, basically communicating, look – I don't really care how big guys are anywhere. If they're dogs, we want them in Norman. We want them at the University of Oklahoma. And so, yeah, look, I'd, he could be talking about a variety of guys. But you look at a variety of the players that Oklahoma's recruiting across the board defensively, yeah, there are certainly players that fit that bill on the defensive line, in the linebacker core, and certainly in the secondary. All right. Uh OU football
0: is a mouse. Can you guys set the morning guys straight? They said they would start Dylan Gabriel over Landry Jones. Landry was an NFL quarterback, albeit a backup. Dylan Gabriel couldn't hold Landry's jock strap. Yeah,
1: I would I actually think the morning guys have it right. I would certainly start Dylan Gabriel over Landry Jones.
0: Um could Dylan Gabriel, you know, make it as a backup in the NFL? Yes, Did something like that. Yes, I and think he, will. he can. I I would give a slight edge to Dylan Gabriel. Here's look, a, Landry Jones is in the record books because he was at Oklahoma for a long time and, and he had good was throwing on.
1: the ball sixty times a game. That's
0: right, and he also threw five picks against Miami. Right, Nebraska. Was it against Nebraska yeah, it was against, against Nebraska, Nebraska. Yeah. and I think he had a bad night against uh, Miami at Miami if I'm, my memory serves correct, so and again I, Landry Jones was a was a solid college quarterback, and I don't think there's much difference between the two I, I mean the good if you had Dylan Gabriel starting and you had Landry Jones as a backup or vice versa, you'd be in a lot better situation than you're in right now, yes, certainly. For sure.
1: he would have liked to have have had the likes of a Landry Jones for the Red River showdown, for instance, but no I think yeah. if and I don't know. I don't know why we, were, why, why we got to having this conversation in the first place. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this conversation would have come up on the morning show, Landry Jones versus Dylan Gabriel. Probably but, a text. Yeah, probably a text. Uh, Dylan Gabriel does not turn the ball over near as much as Landry Jones did, and he's also far more mobile. So, yes, Dylan Gabriel over Landry Jones, eight days a week for me. I wouldn't go eight days a week. I'd go about five days a week. So uh so, anyway, there you go. All somebody, right. Somebody said Rattler or Gabriel. Well, it depends which Rattler. Yeah. 2020 Rattler early Rattler? <laughs> 2021 Rattler.
0: Before his confidence, uh, I still think he's thrown more picks than uh, TDs, and I think he threw a couple in there win over the weekend. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. We'll get into recruiting when we get back. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mike Steely Parker Thune with you. Tuesday edition. This is the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We shall return. We are back, and uh, Twitter is all abuzz right now because Colton Vasek just tweeted out 4 p.m. Oh,
1: no. 4 p.m. Well, That's I, it. Now I, I wonder, it. wonder what's happening then, Steely.
0: I think there'll be an edit featuring Colton Vasek in a Texas uniform saying all in or something like that.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, at least it's over at 4 p.m. By the way,
0: and there's – don't be this guy. There's one guy on there already with a OU logo and everything. We're going to F you up when you play. Don't be that guy tweeting at an 18-year-old kid. That's so redneck hillbilly. Really? I mean, that just makes the fan base, the OU fans, look bad. Don't be that guy. Don't tweet at recruits. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's just so sad. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. One, uh, you had a couple on there, good luck, you know, all of that, uh, which, you know, I I like that. And, again, OU fans, to a certain extent, you know, the way you, if you're going to tweet at recruits, you know, you are also representing the OU fan base. So don't be that guy we want going to hit uh, you know, I mean, come on, dude. That is so bad. That's just pathetic. Anyway, 4.05, 651-3439. So uh, 4 o'clock today, and Parker, people are uh, – you know, I would uh, – the panic level yesterday when we were talking about it, I would say it was about an 8 out of 10 because I think some people had been anticipating that uh, situation changing. Particularly with, you know, Texas coming off a big win. They have some momentum. They could go to the Big 12 championship game. Big game with TCU coming up this weekend at DKR. Uh, and, again, they're going to be playing um, this weekend on ABC at 630. OU's just coming off a game on ESPN freaking Plus, which was one of the worst broadcasts in the history of television, by the way. Maybe the worst. So, um, and, again, a kid from Austin – And a kid that's a Longhorn legacy, a lot of people, a lot of people uh, thought this was a very good possibility. And it became, you know. Reality. uh, Reality, yeah. And it should happen today at 4 o'clock. By the way, a lot of people chiming in on uh, Landry Jones and uh, uh, Dylan Gabriel. And where is my? uh, Taylor. Come on now, Landry Jones won two Big 12 championships. Gabriel has a 5 and 4 record in one season. Case closed. Well, Wait, it, 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 that's about
1: the rosters as well. Yeah, that's that's the that's the most shallow take imaginable. That I I hate that argument. And it's applicable in so many it, it's not exclusive to the Landry Jones Dylan Gabriel comparison. Either. People people be like, "Well, this quarterback won more than this quarterback, so obviously he's better." Which is not the case. Because you can't isolate quarterback play and expect it to translate into wins.
0: I think Dylan Gabriel would have had the same results with, with those rosters, personally. If not and better look, results. I think right now people are looking at, man, a guy just threw three picks and he's had some overthrows. Dylan Gabriel has not been a great quarterback for OU. He's been a solid quarterback. And, uh, again, that, to me, Landry Jones was a good, solid quarterback, too. Let me ask you. You know. Who,
1: who was a better NFL quarterback, Dan Marino or Joe Flacco? One of them won a Super Bowl, Steely, mm-hmm. and it wasn't Dan Marino. That's right, and so did Trent Dilfer, right? Yes, Brad Johnson. Throw him on the pile.
0: That's right. With uh, that, uh, that was the Gruden-Tampa uh, Bay team, right? Yes. That Brad Johnson won with. All right. Yeah,
1: well, Peyton and Eli Manning are basically equals then, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, because they both won a couple. All right. 405 651 3439. I agree with you about not tweeting recruits, but these aren't little kids. These are 18 year old adults making adult investments and being immature with their ways. They know what they're doing, playing these little games and recruiting. These are not kids.
1: Okay. I. So there's I, seniors look, in high school. I'm
0: never gonna think a grown man, and I don't. Maybe it's not a grown man tweeting at an 18 year old
1: kid. I mean, I don't know. I, listen, I'm just, I'm just gonna come out and say it. as it's sad. Steely, you were a senior in high school once. Mm-hmm. I was also a senior in high school once. Most everybody listening to this show has been a senior in high school once. Are you making adult decisions as a senior in high school? Me, <laughs> no. Exactly. Well, I was look, trying to
0: find a way to drink adult beverages, exactly. but that's
1: about it. Exactly. And making what might be quantified as non-adult decisions can be egregious or they can just be kind of stupid. Like, they're not all on the same level. Not everybody, not not all 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds are created equal in terms of their level of stupidity. But you're sophomoric as a 17, 18-year-old kid. You don't know what you don't know, Right. And you don't have this phenomenal breadth of experience on which to draw for decisions like these. You're still learning a lot about the world around you. Uh, I promise you that a lot of these kids that are making these decisions don't know nearly as much about the recruiting world as a lot of fans do, just because they don't follow it. They're concerned about their lives. They're concerned about their homework and their workouts and their high school football season, right? So I, I understand your perspective, text line denizen, but I think you have to be realistic when you acknowledge that you're dealing with 17- and 18-year-olds. They're not all going to make adult decisions. Nobody is making adult decisions 100% of the time at that age. It's just not happening. Yeah,
0: and some are more mature than others, no doubt about it. But uh, there's no way anybody can convince me a person who is an adult, a grown man, uh, which is probably the case here, telling a recruit, you know, we're going to F you up. Okay, you may feel that way, but it just looks so bad for the fan base. It looks so bad. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Sean
1: said the high school senior may be an adult, but you're a child for tweeting at them.
0: No, and, and I agree with that. Look, I understand your – that just that's a really, really, really bad look. That's like LSU fan bad, and they're the worst. All right, thank you to Last Year Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our opening hour. we got another hour to go. More from Brett, more from you, more from the text line. Keep it here. We are back for hour number 2 which is brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Pauls Valley, America. Pauls Valley, USA, exit 72. Looking for a car, truck, SUV, pre-owned vehicle with a great guarantee. It's the Seth Wadley Auto Group that guarantee oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost. you which is a great deal all right we'll have some more Brent audio coming up here in just a few and uh but the uh, text line of course is blowing up 405-651-3439 the uh the hot subjects right now whether Landry Jones or Dylan Gabriel uh who's the better quarterback and uh, the other one is should uh, adults text you know trash talk including expletives at recruits the latter
1: is an obvious no I would agree with that. Yes, there has yes, There's been yes. some disagreements on the first debate, the debate regarding Landry Jones versus Tim I
0: can see that. I mean, there's no clear-cut answer there to me. I mean, I think they're kind of the same guy, to be honest with you.
1: Uh, okay, we got a listener that says, Bob Stoops is in the Hall of Fame and lost five games his first year. He had Roy Williams and Rocky Kalmas on D. Also, he lost four to five games in four different seasons branch just needs players and time right now he's trying to have a great d with grinch players not possible lol i i believe a lot of that yes but they were in a
0: much worse situation uh, when bob took over there is i mean we're talking about one of the lowest valleys in ou football history but there there's some truth there
1: okay one listener says they are not kids trust me I knew exactly what I was doing whenever I committed to play college baseball. It's BS what they're doing today with hopping from school to school and defending them you should be shameful. Not surprised though Thune doesn't have a clue on anything. Well, it may be true that I don't have a clue about anything.
0: No, you have a clue. You're 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 not it may clueless be, at all.
1: I, I might be clueless, but we, here's what I can say. Look, it, it, Nobody approaches their recruitment the exact same way, right? And yes, I want to affirm what you said because you do get some players that hop from school to school, commitment to commitment, trying to drive up the price of the brick, trying to clean out schools for whatever NIL revenue or whatever under-the-table revenue in some cases that they can get. You're seeing examples of it right now, and I'm not going to name names, but you're seeing examples of it right now across the recruiting world. But as far as the Colton Vosick situation is concerned, I get it. I understand why the kid was torn. Because Brent Venables was who he always wanted to play for. I mean, I can remember talking to sources over the summer that told me if Brent Venables was still at Clemson, that's where Colton Vosick would be committed right now. He took an official visit to Clemson even after Brent Venables left. And so he the kid was in a rock, he was in between a rock and a hard place from the get-go. Because once Oklahoma and Texas kind of became the two top options for him, well, you got to choose between all you've ever known as a Longhorn fan and the guy that you've always revered in Brent Venables as a defensive mastermind. And it's not easy to pick up the phone and tell Brent Venables, hey, thanks, but no thanks. And it's also not easy to effectively turn your back on your family's fandom and heritage as long.
0: No, that's why I never felt good about that commitment. I, I just that, that's a lot of pressure. I like this text right here from the 972. I was in Iraq when I was 18. <clears throat> I think they can handle some criticism. First of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a million times for your service. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, This, to me, isn't about the criticism. I mean, if they want to say, you know, to me this is about somebody making the OU fan base look bad. That's what... When I saw that, I'm like, man, that just looks really bad. Yeah, it doesn't have to you do know? with the kid. No, it's 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 not that, you know, if you want to say, oh, man, we'd love to have you or whatever. Uh, so I don't think it's really about criticism. To me, it's more about, and look, there's always going to be that fan, and there are going to be more than one of those. But it always just looks really bad. Yeah, and it reflects
1: know? poorly on more people than just you. It yeah, It reflects po- poorly on the fan base as a whole. Yeah, Uh, This listener says, look, I'm voting for Steely and Thune. That texter is probably voting for Muleshoe and Stroud. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, One asks, when can we expect some good news on recruiting? Yes. I love the class, but we could definitely use some good news. Thanks, guys. Look, I I don't know. Okay. At this point, I don't. It's going to be a rocky week. I just want you to be prepared for that because you know who is starting to pick up steam is the university of Texas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's not good for OU. No, it is. not. And why did Adrian Peterson pick Oklahoma when he probably was going to be going to Texas? because Oklahoma was winning. Now, look, the Longhorns right now have uh, – they're one game better than Oklahoma. Sooners, obviously, are 5-4. and four. Texas is 6-3. and three. But they've got a big game on ABC coming up. It's the primetime game against TCU. Texas wins that game. More momentum. So, uh, it is going to be a very interesting situation to see if this Texas team does what other Texas teams do or if they somehow, you know – uh, close it out, win some games down the stretch, and maybe you know get to Arlington, to play for the Big Twelve Championship. They certainly got a chance right now. I know that you like TCU. You made that. You pounced on that pick very early in the Ref Royal Rumble. Yes, this week, I, I have it. As both my lock
1: and my upset. That's exactly right. Doubled down on it. So yes, I'm I'm rolling with the frogs. Okay, we have a listener that says. I can appreciate what you just said about Vosick, but if he's really torn, then don't commit. He didn't have to make a decision until December. And, and here's what I would say to that. I don't think Colton Vosick was really torn when he decided in early August. Because what happened in September and October? Well, Texas was playing well. <laughs> Oklahoma was not playing well. There's no game that underscores that reality, quite like forty nine to nothing at the Cotton. You Board, know who's right? It was freaking Jamoy Hodge who created this whole situation. Are we holding Jamoy Hodge's yes. for the Colton Vossick? That flip? was
0: a. Der- I mean, that guy. How many quarterbacks has he taken out? Now, again, Oklahoma should never be in that Saturday situation with a backup quarterback, but they were.
1: Uh, this listener says, "Has anyone watched Jackson Arnold and some of these kids play? I think OU will be just fine going forward." And yes, see, people are going to accuse that texture of being a sunshine pumper, Mm -hmm. inevitably. But that's true. Jackson Arnold, that dude ain't going anywhere. And he's going to bring a whole crew to Norman with him. And a lot of these guys that are committed to Oklahoma in the class of 2023 are at the very least going to contend for early playing time. Yeah, Based on what I've seen from Jackson Arnold thus far this year, I firmly believe that that's a guy that can come in year one. And if you need him to play... He'll be able to play. I don't expect him to play. That's not the expectation I have. I think if Dylan Gabriel returns, as I think he does, that's your starting quarterback. But if you get in a situation where Jamoy Hodge spears Dylan Gabriel Mm -hmm. again, then (laughs) you feel a whole lot better about your contingency plan in 2023 than you did in 2022. Yeah.
0: I enjoy Steely, but he is completely wrong. It's simply called trash talking. Relax, fellas. Not that big of a deal. You know, I appreciate you saying that, by the way. I, I guess what bothers me, and look, I'm going to sound like a total prude here, but I don't care. I mean, we just didn't throw around the F-bomb that much. Don't get me wrong. In certain situations, you know, there were a couple F-bombs thrown around uh, over the weekend. Tiger hits an errant drive in a major championship. There's probably going to be an F-bomb. But we just didn't throw that around a lot. And it's kind of like when when podcasts started going, you saw people cursing just because they could curse. It kind of cracked me up. It's like, well, man, this MFR, I'm telling you. it's I, That's just the way I was raised. Look, I'm old school. Like I said, I, I, I'm not above doing that, but it just, I don't know, it just looked bad to me. If he would have said, you know what, good luck against us in the future, you know, we're coming at you or something like that, it just looked bad to me. That's me. And that's just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. That's just how I was, you sound like you were raised. I mean, your dad's a preacher. I'm that's sure the, right. I'm sure the F-bomb wasn't going around a lot. No, no, no. I'm not sitting not. here telling you that I'm drinking homogenized milk every day, you know, <laughs> milk and cookies. But it just looks,
1: I, I guess that's, you know, the way trash talk is these days. One listener asks, so you're saying that Vosik is wishy-washy? No, what I'm saying is... When he committed to Oklahoma, I think he was 100% sold. Here's the deal. Situations change, right? People's
0: minds change. OU's on ESPN
1: Plus, and Texas
0: is playing primetime on ABC this weekend. They beat Oklahoma 49 to nothing, and he's from
1: Austin. Steely, I'm sure you didn't think it was a terrible idea when you started dating that Aggie girl, right? uh, No, but it was. But at a certain point, your mind changes.
0: Yes, I decommitted. (laughs) Exactly. And it's the same deal now, for Gold right? There he- wasn't that much A and M money in that situation back in the day. But uh So anyway, but look, things changed. I never Parker, you remember I never felt good about this. And I know that you knew all the background and you started feeling the same way. Well you as, started feeling the same as way. As soon as
1: forty nine zero happened. Right.
0: Yeah, we knew that wasn't good, but I always thought you're an 18-year-old kid and you can say he's an adult or whatever, and I get it. It's not like he's walking around you're having to potty train him or anything. But at the same time, he's a Longhorn legacy in Austin. I mean, that's pretty difficult. I I just never felt. Now, what I would have felt good about would be Texas really Texasing up the season. Now, there's still time to do that but um, and 49 to nothing was was certainly a big issue there as well. It sounds to me like he really wanted to come to Oklahoma and play for Brent, but the way things were going and the pressure that was put on him, yeah, you know, kind of kind of changed his tune. So
1: let me read this question from Josh in Tulsa Steely and you can air your thoughts on I it. I like this cuz
0: I talked about this a long time ago and that to me was the biggest question concerning Brent. Go ahead.
1: I'm all on board with Brent as he is a man of integrity, says Josh in Tulsa. My question is, is 2020, in 2022, rather, is there still a place for a man of integrity in the college football landscape? Do you have to get down and dirty to really win these recruiting battles and win the portal game?
0: I talked about this a long time ago uh, because I like Brent's uh, passion. I like Brent's principles. I like what he stands for, all of that. I do think again if they can get better players, you know, that, that can adapt to the system better, then uh, Oklahoma's going to become a better football program long term. It may not happen again next year, but I think again with some patience it will happen. But in this microwave era of college football, is a guy like Mules who are somebody else, you know, who use the portal a lot. And let's not forget they got 13 guys right through the portal last year. Now, how many of those guys are big impact guys? Gabriel, yeah, Gabriel, McCade
1: Mattire, Yeah, CJ Colden
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Jeffrey Johnson has been eh, okay. Uh, he's been invisible, but been. you know, uh, it's great. You know, maybe in the the land of Mayberry, back with uh, the Andy Griffith show, this this works more. And I do think he can find enough players that will buy into his system. But you're going to have there's going to be some situations again. Perfect example is DJ Hicks, right? So far. Now, again, maybe that's a flip situation, but that to me is the example of what we're talking about. I think, remember a long time ago, I think it was the mom who said, man, something special is going down in Oklahoma right now. I like what's happened, you know, and then all of a sudden, guess what? A&M's money comes into the picture and things change. So I don't know what's going to win out long term. I hope that it's Brent's philosophy. And again, I don't want to sound like Oklahoma is completely ignoring NIL. They're not. They're absolutely not. They're, they're playing that game. They're not playing with as many chips as A&M or Texas or Miami. No, there,
1: there is no life wallet at OU.
0: No, that's exactly right. But I would hope that Brent's philosophy in his way wins out long term because if it doesn't, man, college football is going to get uglier and a lot less fun over the years, I think. Stay with us. Coming right back here on The Ref. We are back. Hour number two is sponsored by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. X72 for a great deal on a car truck SUV pre-owned vehicle. They've got a great selection for you there. Great reputation with the Seth Wadley Auto Group. All right. A little more from Brent Venable's uh, presser today. We played a couple clips uh, earlier uh, Brent was asked uh, later in his press conference about, uh, and a lot of people want to know, you know, where are the Sooners getting better as a team right now? Here's what Brent had to say. Well, I've
4: seen consistency on, on the investment part, you know, which is where it starts, the work that you got to put into it. So been really pleased with the investment part, uh, top to bottom. You know, we were better on third down this last week, uh, so that was an improvement uh, from the week before. The uh, last two weeks been pretty good. Uh, in that standpoint, again, I, I thought. Uh, again, I think we've been we've been running the football really well uh, all year. We've been really a good unit, not dropping the football. Marvin had a few, Braden had one uh, or two uh, against Iowa State, uh, but again, we've done a really good job of catching the football. I uh, like how our guys have uh, practiced. Um, I thought we were a little better in the in some of our coverage stuff the last uh, few weeks. Gotten our hands on some balls uh, the last several weeks, the last three games. You know, there's there's a lot of things that we got better at. Again, I thought we uh, we got whooped in the run game uh, this last week.
0: There you go. Brent Venables talking about uh, where his team is getting better. Uh, Oklahoma certainly had a chance to win that football game. But I do think this, Parker, that Baylor is getting healthier, and that, that's not a bad football team they lost to. Um, again, is it last year's Baylor team? Absolutely not. But again, it's not like Baylor is just an average team that came into Norman. I think they're playing some pretty good football. Uh, running back depth, too. I mean, Squirrel Williams had been uh, banged up a little bit as well, but we were talking about Richard Reese, and again, he I guess he had flu symptoms most of the week and, and that was, was really not much of a factor.
1: That was the most astonishing thing about the game on Saturday, Steely, is that Oklahoma's front seven made a jag of a running back in Squirrel Williams look like who's the best running back in Baylor history I don't even know um oh, that is a good question there haven't really probably been any good ones I'm probably drawing drawn a blank anyway that. they made Squirrel Williams look like a Doak Walker finalist <laughs> that shouldn't happen he well, rushed for it, 194 yards.
0: Yeah, it is in 7.7 a carry, I believe it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and he
1: would have cracked 200. He would have cracked the 200 yard barrier yeah. if he hadn't gone down on one knee to preserve the win. That's exactly right. At the eight yard line or whatever. So, I, I, I rewatched the game tape yesterday, and it didn't really fully hit me just how badly OU had gotten blown off the line of scrimmage. I mean, every single snap on Saturday until I rewatched it. It's bad, Steely. They got dominated at the point of attack. It was not competitive up front at all. They they had a
0: couple play, you know, but talking about the D-line, Agwebu made a play. I think Jalen Rebman made a play. Agwebu, obviously, from linebacker spot. But, again, particularly when you know they're going to run the football on that drive, they they couldn't get it done. They could not get it done. All right. Let's get let's get back to the air cover solutions text line. 405 651 3439.
1: he got all those yards because the D line got dominated. Yes, exactly. That's that's what yep, I'm getting at. Yep, yep. You shouldn't be in a situation where you allow a fifth year senior running back who's never had a halfway productive game in his collegiate career to do that to you. hmm That shouldn't happen. Um do you think Ted Roof not being a true D.C. is also a reason for recruits leaving? That's an interesting that, that, question. It is an interesting question. I I don't think so.
0: I, I mean, think, basically, everybody thinks Brent's the D.C., yes, right? Like, but he's making the decisions
1: on, on game day and how to run the – obviously, everything a head coach does. And I don't mean this in derogatory fashion at all. I mean this very matter-of-factly. Does anybody take Ted Roof seriously as OU's D.C.? No, A lot of people – I would say most people mm-hmm. – perceive him as an extension of Brent Venables' arm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with no, that. No, I and I will say this, again, not derogatory, just matter of fact. Nobody's committing to Oklahoma because Ted Roof is defensive coordinator. They're committing to Oklahoma because Brent Venables is head coach.
0: Oklahoma Johnny says, this is why the only day that matters is signing day. The whole committing early is just right now. I want to go to X school and increases the bidding war for their services. Let's wait and see how it all shows out on signing day. And, you know, a lot of that is right. Um, most of it's right. Uh, I don't know if it's a bidding war thing. It probably is with some of the recruits. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But it's also fun to track where these classes are and everything. That's kind of part of the deal, too. It gives you an idea what a class is probably going to look like. Not always finishes looking like that, obviously. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see that Oklahoma's still going to have a good class. I wonder where they'll drop. Uh, will it be to, like, eight? After four o'clock today, somebody said, "Watch, uh, watch Colton Vosick pull a DJ Hicks and put an A and M hat on." Like Texas fans are all, <laughs> Texas fans are all thinking, you know, "Hey, this is a done deal." Now we got, we've got Colton Vossick. Oh my God, A and M, no! But here's the deal. Wouldn't that be outstanding. And, and Texas is in the same uh, neighborhood as A and M in terms of uh, money. When they, yeah, it's very true. You know, I, I would still put A and M, uh, you know, probably a little bit higher, but Texas is in the same ballpark. Like we've talked about, it's A and M, Texas, and Miami, right? Who else is in there? I I hear Tennessee's got a really good collect, a bunch of collectives. Tennessee does
1: have a very good collective, yes, and they're also winning, which is significant. Florida is another school with money to burn, can throw LSU into that mix as mm-hmm. well. There are schools that are going to be well-equipped to engage in these bidding wars for high-profile recruits. Now, again, here's here's what I want to remind everybody of, though. You look at the schools that were early adopters as far as that philosophy, most notably Texas A&M and Miami. What are they not doing right now?
0: Winning. They're not winning. I mean, Florida State spanked Miami over the weekend, and A uh, and M again uh, got beat uh, by it was Florida this weekend. A um, and M's three and six, and uh, who do they have this this weekend? I'm trying to remember who A and M has. Somebody before the UMass game.
1: Uh, it's it's it's. Gosh, who is it?
0: Let me go ahead and Google
1: it up. They have UMass, they have Auburn, and yeah, they have one. It's other Auburn,
0: guy. right? It is Auburn, I believe. This yeah, weekend,
1: Auburn is their season finale. They have I thought
0: LSU was their season finale isn't it? let me uh, let me go ahead and google it up I'm thinking it's Auburn this weekend and then it's LSU but you're right UMass is still uh yeah at Auburn this weekend then okay, UMass okay. at home and then against LSU um Saturday, November 26th.
1: Auburn looked like a lot better of a football team last week as well. So They did, yeah. That might not be a gimme. That might not be one that a Texas A&M gets handed to them. Um, any answers on the following, asks Joe in Tulsa. We have a borderline five-star in Clayton Smith. What is he doing? Well, he's not doing much of anything, at least not – on the football field. And, That's a
0: five-star who is not five-starred yet. Yes. And usually if you haven't five-starred yet, you're probably not going to live up to that
1: billing. And but also, the, word, the word on Clayton Smith is he just needs to get 100% focused. Mm-hmm. He needs to get his mind set squarely on football. And, I mean, the physical tools are there. They've been there. That's part of the reason why he was a borderline five-star.
0: Yeah, he uh, looks the part. He definitely looks the part. Talking
1: about another guy in that same vein – Joe also asked, why isn't Justin Harrington getting snaps? Well, it's all there physically, but as you saw in the TCU game, it's not all there mentally. Justin
0: Harrington was being built up so much during know, the preseason, man. man. You saw that video. He's got like the one-handed, man, Justin Harrington's killing it. you, Justin, uh, uh, no, 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 no. It's not there.
1: Yeah. Uh, he also asked, what's the deal with Cavante Henry? That that kid just needs time. Um He was always far more of a project than our Mason Thomas ever was. So, uh, probably not going to play in 2022. Might not play substantially in 2023 either. Another thing that BV is facing, says Sooner Gary. Uh, How many starters on OU's defense would start for Tennessee, Clemson, Alabama, or Georgia? Maybe Billy Bowman? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Outside of those guys, I I, uh, I mean, they're guys who Danny get playing Stutzman time. Has, like- Danny Stutzman has lost some luster. I'll acknowledge that. And I'm a big fan of Danny Stutzman. I still think he has a long-term ceiling that's off the charts, but he has struggled lately.
0: I think for him it's been the technique and lining up and all of that stuff. You know, the the ability to run and go tackle somebody is there, but the ability to take the right angle and fill the right gap and, you know, anticipate where the play's going, stuff like that, um, hasn't been there. And pass coverage, again, he did have the pick in Iowa State, but he's also given up some in pass coverage. The raw Skill is there for him, but I do think he's struggling with the details. I think a lot of those guys are struggling in that area.
1: This listener asks, and this is the last one we'll hit for this segment, but did Colton Shorthorn just troll Oklahoma and just wanted to tease us? I mean, look, I I know that's going to be a very popular conspiracy theory. I just know that if that was what he was doing, he was doing a heck of a job, man, because you don't show up to the Red River Showdown as a Texas legacy decked out in all OU gear. If you're just trying to troll people, I, you
0: know, you talked about how he wanted to play for Brent Venables and that even after Brent left, he still paid off a visit to Clemson and everything. So uh, I, I don't think that was the case. I don't. 402. I am out on Danny after he cried about BB with, uh, Jeremiah and uh, Braden Willis on the uh, oh on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I didn't see that. Several have mentioned it on the text line, though. I need some more context.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what caused it? I mean, if he was emotional about playing for Brent, want to you know?
1: Okay, Alad, we're going to hit one more text because okay. this is an excellent point that kind of sums up what I had touched on earlier. NIL money will tear apart a lot of locker rooms. Envy, wait for it. N I L and the portal have transformed college football, just not a complete change yet.
0: Well, I think we're seeing some of that at A and M right now. You don't say? Yeah. I mean, right right, it's it's happened fairly early. Now again, some of that is uh Venmo Fisher also, you know, not playing like Connor <laughs> Wegman, uh, perhaps. But no, it's I, I I'm in agreement with you. That's you know, like I said, man, when all of this stuff started happening, when it was NIL and And the portal, plus all of the, you know, conferences going for the Gordon Gecko. it's all about the greed. And I understand that you have to do that, you you know, if you want to be a big-time program. But we may look, uh, you know, five years down the road, ten years down the road, and go, they ruined our sport. This completely ruined our sport. And now the Texas A&M Marching Band Plays Money by Pink Floyd. The A&M Band, I still like the A&M Band because they've got the best tuba turners
1: in all of college band-om. You're You're starting to sound like a band kid, Steely. You're starting to sound like a band nerd.
0: Well, I mean, I love the A&M Band. They're very precise. They're awesome when they come to town. Be right back. All right, we are back. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Ladies and gentlemen, they sponsor our uh, hotline, 405-329-9000. They are the best when it comes to gaming promotions. This month, the month of November, you have until November 26th to get out there and play with the Riverwind Wild Card. If you don't have one, get one. The new member seven program is big time. You can earn up to $450 in one game. Day with your brand new wild card. And use your wild card from now until November 26th. And patrons who earn 500 points on their wild card are going to receive a pair of JBL wireless earbuds. All right? Points must be earned Sunday through Thursday. Will be carried over every week. But again... Get out there and earn yourself a pair of the JBL wireless earbuds. Just get 500 points on your wild card. You have until November 26th. Don't forget, we've got a big-time concert happening, Beats and Bites Bedlam Edition, the evening before Bedlam. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Bedlam series, of course, will be played uh, Saturday, November 19th. Uh, We don't know a game time yet, obviously, but Beats and Bites is coming back. Brought to you by Riverwind and Phillips 66. And you'll be able to see the Eli Young Band, the headliners, and Wade Bowen as the opening act. All the best local food trucks will be out there. Bring the kids. Bring the folding chairs. Bring your appetite. It'll be a good time outdoors under the November sky. The evening before Bedlam, Bedlam Beats and Bites, an outdoor concert over at Riverwind. And, again, you can get your tickets for only 5 bucks at riverwind.com or at the box office there in the
1: casino. Okay, uh, you want to get back to the text line? Sure, let's get on back there and see what the folks are saying. Uh, this listener asks: Parker's confidence in landing Hicks and Bowen. My confidence in Peyton Bowen is still pretty high. I would state, I would say sixty percent. Uh, my confidence in DJ Hicks. I mean, look, I he's supposed to visit Texas this weekend, apparently, or at least that's kind of the belief behind the scenes. So, I. I don't know what ends up happening with a kid like that because it's also not out of the question that you don't get a school like Miami or like Oregon, for instance, that just decides to drop an enormous bag on National Signing Day in order to get him signed. So with five stars, man, we talk about it so frequently, but with five stars, you can't really ever take anything to the bank. Guys like P.J. Adabare are the exception and not the rule. And for DJ Hicks and Peyton Bowen, I, I, I firmly believe that Peyton Bowen's road is going to lead back to Oklahoma due to a variety of factors, the relationship with Jackson Arnold, the girlfriend factor, uh, as well as his little brother's affinity for OU and their desire to play together. So to me, it still makes the most sense for Oklahoma to be the destination for Peyton Bowen. As far as DJ Hicks goes, look, I... I don't want people to get their hopes up, and I've said this time and time again. I don't want there to be – Let me ask you this about D.J. Hicks. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, but you're good. Go right ahead. If
0: D.J. Hicks flips, more likely to Oklahoma or Texas More likely this to Oklahoma.
1: Still. More likely to Oklahoma. Okay. Yes.
0: Te- Texas hasn't had uh, much of a uh, – hold on him or any hold on him at all no, right no they haven't no
1: they haven't. they're haven't.
0: they just trying to get in last minute do you think he's going uh, you know just because of the atmosphere saturday night or do you think there's some serious uh, a little bit of thought about texas
1: let let me say this i'm gonna have to double check this but i don't believe texas has offered Damian sanford oklahoma has and i'm just telling you now that could very much come into play because those two are close those two are very close. And Hicks is scheduled to be up at Bedlam for an official visit on November 19th. Word is Sanford's going to be there with him. If Oklahoma can sell both Hicks and Sanford on Norman, then there's a very good chance those two both end up in Norman together as opposed to going their separate ways, wherever that may be. At this point, man. I find it hard to believe that either of them stick with A&M just because things are bad right now down there. Things are bad, and you just lost your other prized commit in Anthony Hill, who's now all but a certainty to end up at the University of Texas. <sighs> things could really fall apart here down the stretch for the Aggies. Yeah. It the, it could be rough.
0: The uh, Okay, any, any chance Texas offers his teammate also? Or are they set at that position?
1: I, uh, what do you think? I do not know. I do not know, and I don't want to act like I know. So we we shall see. Um, Jesse G says, Beats and Bites is quickly becoming the description for this season. <laughs> uh, Why doesn't OU drop a load of money for DJ Hicks? Asks this listener in the 512. Things will be the same till we start playing the game. Well, again. And I, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but when we get questions like this, I have to keep beating the horse. There is still no empirical data that suggests that buying a recruiting class is going to result in on-field success. In fact, there is empirical data to suggest that that is the opposite of the case. Because, again, you look at Texas A&M, you look at Miami, I promise you, those are the two schools that have spent more NIL dollars than anybody in the country since last July 1st when the NIL legislation passed. And you know what those programs have in common right now? They suck.
0: Yeah, the early returns at A&M do not look good. And remember, what's eight, eight five stars in one class. It's a new record. And uh, who knows? Portal guys at AM or i i don't know did do they get a one-year nil deal how do, we don't know how the money works there so we'll see by the way how how busy do you think the portal will be for oklahoma with players going into the portal that are on the ou roster right now
1: hashtag trust the processing <laughs> there are going to be a lot of guys to get processed steely
0: and are they going to be processed by the coaching staff yes. or are they, uh, do you think there'll be some guys that are like, man, I just, I, I you know. I, I...
1: No, that's, that's, that's what processing be some, means. There
0: like will that. be some of that too, where some players are thinking, you know what, it's just not quite for me. But a lot of that, you know, coaches are looking for fits as well, obviously, and particularly for Oklahoma.
1: The vast majority of Oklahoma's portal casualties this offseason, whether those players will – and I I, I don't don't want to say whether they'll acknowledge it or not because they won't. But I promise you that the vast majority of OU's portal casualties this offseason will be because the coaches give them that gentle push. Right. Do you –
0: okay, would you expect Oklahoma, the Sooners brought in 13 last year through the portal – would you expect that number to be less than that or more than 13 after this season in the portal?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. because It could be a push, honestly. I would set the number somewhere in that 10 to 15 range. And a lot of and, it was
0: because of the exodus of freaking mule shoe, of yeah. course, and him taking uh, what he took.
1: Now, you made me choose one or the other. I'd probably take the over, honestly. i think, I think probably you know the what?
0: over. I think OU fans would be in favor of the over right now.
1: Uh, This listener says Parker pretending that paying players is new is so cute. It's not new. Everybody understands it's not new. What is new about it is the fact that it's at least semi-legal, right? You can be a little bit more liberal and a little bit more licentious with the way that you throw around funds because no longer does it have to be completely hush-hush under the table. You hear these numbers thrown around, and those numbers are coming from somewhere, right? They're not total BS. You heard the number for Kwame McLean. I can tell you that number's accurate. And so it's not a new phenomenon. I don't want to make it seem like it is. But there's going to be a greater emphasis on it now because in the days of old, not every single program was willing to go to those lengths to bring in recruits. These days, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure if you're not playing the game that way. There're a lot of, there are going to be a lot of people trying to make you feel like you need to play the game that way. Yeah. Just read th- scroll through the air comfort solutions text line for evidence of that.
0: Real quick, uh two more uh 512 not saying build a class on NIL money. I'm saying if it's one piece greatly needed, why not use the NIL to make sure you land him. Well, and you know, I can kind of see that, but does that create dissension, you know, in a locker yeah. room, you know, with that situation? By the way, one more. I want to get Brian in Tulsa because you can tell Brian's on all the time. Just look at the LA Rams signing all those guys in the offseason and they can't win either. Sorry, David Goodspeed. That's a man who listens right there. Because he's
1: he knows David Goodspeed's yeah,
0: affinity right. for the L.A. Rams.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: All right, we got one more award-winning segment. Maybe good stuff on the text line today. I think our man Tyler McComas is looking for the uh, the crying clip. So you may have the crying clip. Which crying clip? What are we? The Danny Stutzman apparently oh, podcast on the Prairie clip.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I got gotcha. you.
0: We dig out that audio. And I went right in the production room to tell him about it, and he was already on it. We'll be right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We are back headed down the uh, stretch here, thanks to our friends at the uh, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. A lot of stuff rolling in on the uh, text line. Uh, I don't think that Tyler has found the uh, crying clip yet. Really? No, I don't think there are. There may why, not be Why a are we calling clip. it
1: the crying clip?
0: Well, somebody said uh, I lost respect for him because he cried during the uh, podcast on the prairie, talking about No, di- no, no
1: they, he wasn't actually crying. Yeah, and he was just like
0: cry. he's talking about what I'm thinking. It is now because when he said that, I took it literally. I think he's just talking about Brent getting on him for being a step out of alignment, right? Yes, one listener so, said, "Danny Boy is about to be good friends with Schmitty." Oh, Danny Boy, the Stairmaster, the Stairmaster <laughs> is calling. <laughs>
1: Oh, beautiful, Thank beautiful, you. beautiful, Steely. I'll be here. We're gonna uh, five we're gonna clip minutes. that and make it into a promo.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, four oh five
1: six five one thirty four thirty nine. Uh, yeah, pay some kid two million dollars, and then he walks into a locker room full of <laughs> kids that didn't sniff that money. Good luck having a team culture. And again, see that's one of the key differences these days between the modern era of college football and. The days of old. It's because it's kind of an open secret what these guys get paid now. At least the high-profile players.
4: Mm -hmm. You know, if
1: if you needed to slip a guy some money back in the day to get him on board with you, it was all very hush-hush, right? You were very, very careful about how you engineered an operation like that Mm -hmm. and about who found out. And no doubt... The kid was given instructions as to who could and couldn't know. Now, everybody's going to find out, man. And that that also has to do with the internet and the presence of message boards and stuff that just gets around more so than it used to. So, yeah, it's – we've talked extensively on this show about how broken the culture is at Texas A&M. Now, I'm not saying correlation equals causation – But when did it seem like that culture really started to fracture? I'll tell you when. Mm -hmm. This spring. And what happened this spring? Got a whole bunch of guys that came into the program. Eight five stars. As a member of that 2022 signing class, which was, to cite Nick Saban, bought every one of them.
0: Yeah, it it felt like, man, I'm so glad that Nick Saban came out with that and Jimbo went nuts, of course, but uh, I love that.
1: Okay. uh, This listener says, Colton, Catfish Joe, you and Brent. (laughs) I won a $10 bet I made on the day he committed that he would never be a Sooner and would follow his daddy's footsteps to Texas. Now, I
0: think that you are smart about thinking that eventually he would end up in Texas. I always felt that way. And, look, I I have about Parker and uh, Brandon Drum and, you know, all those guys who cover recruiting. We're talking about our guys here. They know all the insight. But my heart and just everything was telling me, that kid, man, I don't know. Um, you know, and you're thinking, well, Texas has been so bad, they're playing a little bit better. It just felt like that was going to be tough.
1: Yeah, well, But I
0: don't think there was any catfishing going on. No,
1: no, no. Again, you don't show up to the Red River Showdown after wearing orange to that game your entire life, all of a sudden decked out in crimson and cream if you're just catfishing. That's taking it a little over the top.
0: I mean, that would be the ultimate catfishing right there, hook, line, and sinker. Stink bait, whatever you catch catfish with these days.
1: Yeah, let me ask you, the average fan on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, if you were trying to catfish Texas for any reason, could you still find it in your heart to wear burnt orange? If you were I think the majority serious, would say
0: no. If you were a serious psycho catfisher, yes, but there aren't many out there like that, you wouldn't think. Okay, 405 four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. We try to get to as many as we can uh, next year. We're going to have a really young team next year. I just worry about kids jumping in the portal. Lots of capable freshmen that haven't played yet. Yeah, uh, they're going to be uh, people uh, leaving OU through the portal, and it's going to be it's going to be like uh, you know a hangar at an airport, pretty much people coming and going. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. That's for sure. All right. uh, Four o'clock for Colton Vosick today. The hits keep on coming. By the way, there's always sooner basket. Womp, womp, womp. Sam Houston State.
1: Oh, yeah. We didn't even touch that, did we? I
0: did when you were gone. But at the press conference, uh, brutal in all caps. It's a rough week, Steely. I mean, you're trying to get people to the Lloyd Noble Center. You can't lose to Sam Houston freaking State. We're out of here.